The Chicago White Sox lost to the Kansas City Royals 6-2 on Wednesday night. Uh, That's two losses in a row against the Royals. Lucas Giolito didn't have his best stuff, but he pitched five innings uh, with minimal damage. Uh, Speaking of minimal damage, uh, the White Sox offense was once again completely lifeless. Uh, Very few sparks, but the Sox go for the series win on Thursday with Vince Velasquez. On the Hill. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown uh, White Socks. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore ggtb i really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk white Sox. a lockdown white Sox is part of the lockdown podcast network uh, your team every day uh boy it is difficult to talk white Sox uh these days uh, i'm sure you find that uh with your friends co-workers other Sox fans so uh, i do appreciate you tuning in and passing this podcast along um it is uh it's tough for our Sox. Uh, they fall one game under 500. They do have a chance uh to win 3 of 5 in Kansas City on Thursday afternoon. Uh Lucas Giolito was serviceable, uh but some defensive miscues and Ryan Burr uh let the game slip away. Uh and what is what is really going on with this White Sox team and their anemic uh offense? Um you know, we talked a little bit on the episode uh yesterday on the Ozzie Gian Tim Anderson beef. I'm sure you read all about it on Wednesday. Uh, Tim Anderson uh, tweeting out that he wasn't too happy with some of the comments Ozzie Gian made uh, with the fact that Tim Anderson didn't start in game two and uh, why isn't Tony LaRusso putting him out there? Uh, basically, why isn't Tim Anderson playing every day or just about every day? And against the Royals, it would have been a good opportunity. Uh, to stamp on the Royals, and we need Tim Anderson. Uh, Tim Anderson wasn't happy about those comments, deleted uh, his tweet shortly after. And, uh, you know, I I didn't think there was anything wrong uh, with what Ozzie Gein said. He's just calling it like it is, like he always has been. Um, and, you know, Tim Anderson wants to be the face of baseball, wants to be the face of the White Sox, and should be. Um, you know, how Tim Anderson goes is how the White Sox goes. We've been talking about it for a long time now, definitely a couple seasons. Um, and, you know, Ozzie Gann just, you know, said what he said. And, I, hey, you got to have some thick skin. And uh, Frank and Ozzie got into it in the pregame on Wednesday. And, you know, Frank telling Tim Anderson, you, you just got to get ready for some criticism. I think you're going to look back and think that was a mistake by – popping your mouth off, so to speak, at Ozzy. Um, Gian had some great comments. You know, Gian said, look, hey, Tim, you know, you're my favorite player. You, you know I love you. 
Um, you are so valuable to this White Sox team. I defended you when you were making errors left and right. I defended you when you flipped off, you know, the fans. Um, but hey, you should have been playing, basically. Uh, he did not back down, which I loved. And, uh, you know, Tim Anderson, you know, he kind of he responded uh, in this game. He had some um, wonderful plays defensively, some challenging plays. And I don't know if you've noticed this, um, you know, watching it, reading about it, going over highlights, uh, however you consume the uh, Sox games. But the more difficult the play is for Tim Anderson, uh, the more easy it is. Sometimes the routine plays, I don't know if he has more time to think about it, uh, is when the errant throw might come wide or uh, when he might botch something. But he made some very athletic plays in the field. He had three hits and an RBI, so uh, you know he responded. Uh, but I, I love that they covered that and they addressed it in the pregame on NBC Sports Chicago because it was a hot topic yesterday in the afternoon. Um, in the post game, I don't know if you, you watched the post game uh, or if you're just too sick about the game, but you know, Frank and Ozzy saying, look, there needs some, there needs to be some leaders that step up. And we, and we don't know what, what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know if there are team meetings going on, player meetings happening, uh, who's calling out who, um, but there needs to be a change of the approach, uh, the mindset, change the game, wh whatever kind of catchphrase you want to say. Things just need to get completely flipped upside down right now. Um, and, and I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, they, they get back out there Thursday afternoon uh, before, you know, they're, they're looking at a big weekend series in New York. State of the Sox, they are 18 and 19. Now chasing the Twins by three and a half games. Sox lose six to two to the Royals. Yes, the Kansas City Royals. Uh, there really was not much offense to speak of at all. Uh, this uh, this game on Wednesday night was the 37th game, and in those 37 games, there have been 37 different lineups put out there. Um, you know, the numbers are out there. They talk about them on the telecast. Uh, they are in the, you know, pregame, postgame. There are so many different numbers that have been compiled on, on how bad the White Sox offense is going at and multiple aspects uh, of the game. They are bottom of the barrel in so many categories. And uh, is it the lineups, the approach, uh, just another pathetic performance on Wednesday. Uh, coming into the game, the White Sox uh, were four for 18 with runners in scoring position. On Wednesday night, they were three for 13 um, with runners in scoring position. 10 hits, eight were singles, had a pair of doubles. And that's about it. You know, they had opportunities throughout the game. Uh, lots of hype in the pregame about Jose Abreu maybe starting to warm up. Uh, he came up to bat in the second inning. He led off, uh, ripped a double down the line in left field. Uh, Abreu threw some leather in the game, too. Uh, Garcia was able to put a changeup into left field to score Abreu. Uh, and the Sox were up one to nothing, uh, which was a great sign. Get an early lead. Uh, fifth inning, uh, first and third with one out. Uh, Granke was at 74 pitches. He was starting to slow down a little bit. Tim Anderson up to bat, and he got an RBI single to right field. The game was tied at two. You know, still more action in that inning. They could have piled on first and second with one out for Mankata. He strikes out. Same situation for Robert. He strikes out. 
you know, Granky had that not Quato like, but kind of had that hitch in his delivery. I mean, the changeup, the off speed stuff, uh, very deceptive. He was hiding the ball pretty well. I mean, he's a 19 year old veteran. So talk about crafty. Uh, Granky definitely not the guy uh, that we used to see in the mid 2000s. He kept the socks off balance. And, uh, you know, again, you, you don't need to do much, though, to fool this White Sox team offensively. Uh, there was some action in the sixth inning. Bases loaded with two outs and Vaughn grounds out. Uh, wondering maybe where Andrew Vaughn was hitting, if you didn't see this. Uh, he was hit hitting in the ninth spot uh, once again. T- uh, Tony LaRusso calling it that second leadoff guy. I don't know what you think about it, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Vaughn was one of the hottest hitters we had. Uh, came, coming back from that injury, I get it. The hand might not be all the way there, but I, I don't see why he should be hitting in the ninth spot. Um, but again, nobody's doing anything. Uh, Anderson let off the seventh with a single. Again, his third of the game. Mancata flew out to the warning track. Robert struck out and Abreu grounds out. Um, little something going on in the eighth inning. A double from Pollock, uh, which was just the second extra b- base hit of the game. And, of course, he was stranded. Uh, So 10 hits, not too bad, but eight of them being singles. Hardly any walks at all once again, uh, which could have made things a little bit different if they had more guys on the base paths. But um, I don't know what's going to change. If anything, uh, you want to say, well, maybe some consistency. I would like to see a consistent lineup to see what would happen uh, for three, four games in a row. Uh, if guys can potentially find their their groove, their, find their approach, uh, be comfortable that way, I don't know, but something has got to give. Uh, Lucas Giolito had not pitched since May 10th, uh, and I'm going to tell you why. You know, like Davis Martin on Tuesday, he definitely deserved better. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Hey, imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like uh, to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. Uh, Folks, I did uh, just receive a box of these amazing items, these birthday cake puffs, and uh, truly, I I have never had anything quite like them. they are delicious. They're great for maybe a pre-workout or a post-workout. Uh, they are available right now, but we can't promise they're going to be there tomorrow. So go to built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'm going to let you in on a little secret because that is what uh, friends do. A chocolate-covered uh, marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me right. Delicious-flavored marshmallow covered in 100% a real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Uh, Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it in 100% a white chocolate and added sprinkles. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Uh, Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis 
from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Starting pitching has been pretty good as of late. Uh, Last five games, not including Wednesday, uh, the Sox had a 1.30 ERA in 27 and two-thirds innings pitched, 19 hits, uh, 29 strikeouts with only 12 walks, and zero home runs giving up in the last five games. Um, As I said uh, previously in the episode, Giolito just did not have his uh, A stuff. Maybe it was like C plus, B minus if you wanted to grade it, Uh, but he battled. Uh, Lucas Giolito loaded the bases in the first inning after getting the first two outs. Uh, Ethan Katz came out for an early visit. Uh, he had a full count to Melendez and threw just an absolutely beautiful changeup, low and outside for the strikeout. Uh, Giolito threw 23 pitches in the first inning. Uh, fast forward to the third inning. This is where things uh, got you know a little bit of a problem for Giolito. Gave up a home run to Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, Giolito was at 84 pitches after four innings. Uh, Giolito came, uh, went out for the fifth and he was, uh, it was the third time uh, through the lineup for the Royals gets the first out. Ben and any Ben attendee got on and then, uh, Whit junior came back up. Remember he home homered the last time he was up, got him to fly out and Giolito got out of the inning. Um, you know, he did not have his better stuff, but that will happen for a starting pitcher. They will tell you more times than not, they are not going to have their a plus stuff. No matter if it's maybe just a couple pitches they don't feel good about, just overall arm slot, um, there's so many things that could go wrong. Um, And again, he hadn't pitched since May 10th, but he battled. You know, I I thought he was done maybe after the fourth inning. I came out there and and got through the fifth, which was helpful for our bullpen. Uh, Final line for Giolito, five innings. Uh, seven hits, two earned runs, two walks, seven strikeouts, that one home run to Bobby Witt Jr. And uh, he has got his ERA at 2.84. Um, not bad. Uh, not a bad outing. He definitely deserved so much better offensively. But uh, bullpen had some issues. Lopez uh, came in after Giolito. Um, I was praising Engel's defense on social media, Gordon Beckham was uh, giving Adam Engel some um, some positive comments as well. Just his approach when catching a fly ball, getting himself lined up in case he needs to uh, throw out a runner that's potentially tagging. Uh, but with Lopez on the mound, Engel misplayed a ball in right field. He kind of was in between if he should let it bounce or dive, and he dove, and it didn't work out. Uh, Royal scored, added another with a sack fly. Um, Royals were swinging the bat early on Lopez because it was fastball, fastball, fastball. Those were some of the issues for Ronaldo Lopez a few years ago where he just wasn't mixing up his pitches or the speeds. He was just pumping it in uh, almost like he just kind of forgot he was out on the mound. Like it wasn't a bullpen session. He was actually in the game and he had to mix things up a little bit. He did come back in the seventh inning and did not allow anything. So that was a good sign. Uh, Burr in the eighth, though, uh, he gave up a leadoff double and then a two-run home run from Melendez put the Kansas City Royals up 6-2, to two, and that is how it stayed. Um, going back to Giolito, again, um, you know, he, he kind of was mixing up inning by inning uh, change-up slider, 
didn't do much with the slider early on in the game uh, and then must have had a conversation in the dugout um, and then felt better with it and then went to it afterwards. Um, you could tell, you know, he just he just felt a little off, you know, hadn't pitched since May 10th. And um, hopefully he gets this one out of his system again. Not a bad outing. I mean, two earned runs in five innings. And, you know, if it if it wasn't for a couple things here and there, but I, you, the pitching pitchers have to be so fine right now, not only starting pitching, uh, but bullpen, because there's this fear that if I give up one or two runs, you know, that's it. Our offense isn't scoring anything. I mean, Sox offense averaging like th- three something, three and change, 3.2, 3.3. I mean, I, I can't keep track of it. It's a low number. Um, and that, that's, that plays with you psychologically as a pitcher. Um, especially when a guy gets on second base, well, I can't let this guy score. A guy gets on third, like you're pressing a little bit. I've got to strike this guy out. I've got to, uh, get us in the dugout without giving up anything because any, any run I give up is disastrous because we're not scoring runs. Uh, hopefully that changes, you know, I, again, I, 37 games with 37 different lineups. Um, now let's try some consistency. Uh, what can it hurt? You know, let, put put a lineup out there that you really like and you feel confident about it. I, I don't know about Andrew Vaughn in the ninth spot. I, I would put him a little higher, maybe Angle in the ninth spot. But put out a consistent lineup. Maybe put it out on Thursday afternoon. And then for the Yankee series, try it for three straight days and see what happens. Uh, I, I'm curious. You know, I'm I'm wondering if players get a little bit comfortable. Of like I like I like knowing that I'm going to be hitting third or fifth or seventh uh, day in and day out, and and let players get into a groove. And just just try it. Everything else we've tried and, and it has not worked. So let's maybe let's try some consistency. Um. We're going to talk a little bit about this previous offseason. The White Sox let Carlos Rodon walk during this past offseason, and Rick Hahn has shed some light on why that happened. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action of Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, so I don't know if you signed up or if you've been getting these Scott Merkin uh, White Sox beat newsletters that he's been sending. It, it feels like about every week. Um, I don't know how necessarily I signed it up. I don't know if it was through something I did with the White Sox a while ago, but I, I enjoy them. They're, they're fun, easy to read uh, emails. It covers a few different topics. And uh, this particular newsletter dropped just recently. And Scott Merkin uh, had a conversation with Rick Hahn revolving around uh, Carlos Rodon. The big issue that a lot of fans were wondering about, well, how come there wasn't a qualifying offer why didn't you go after Carlos Rodon? You just let him walk. Look at the season he's having in San Francisco. Um, so this is what Han had to say. A couple quotes from him as he tries to explain this. This is Han here. Uh, based on all the information we had at the time, 
we felt it was more prudent to continue to maintain the financial flexibility into the offseason, even if it was going to cost us the 80th pick in the draft, Han said, didn't preclude us from revisiting signing Carlos from a different type of deal at some point. But at that time, but at that point in time, given the potential economic commitment it was going to require, we preferred to maintain our flexibility, even though obviously we were forsaking a chance to get roughly the 80th pick in the draft. Nothing to do, nothing to do with not wanting draft picks or not appreciating the value of draft picks. It was just a part of the decision-making calculus at the time where flexibility was more important than the pick. Uh, tough not to laugh through those quotes, just because Han speak is is so funny to me. Um, how he just won't come out and just say it. Um, they did not want to spend money on a on a premium arm. Maybe they had questions on the health, but the track record for the White Sox, they do not spend money on pitching. They they just do not. And with all of that flexibility that he was talking about, that financial flexibility, uh, the Sox used it to, to get Josh Harrison, Joe Kelly, and uh, Johnny Cueto. And, and that's why Rick Hahn is being attacked so much uh, based off of that offseason and other offseasons. You know, we get it. Uh, you wanted to save some money, and you didn't go and, and, and do whatever you want. We're, we're going to do maybe with Rodon, but then what did, what did you end up doing? Okay, uh, what kind of offensive offseason did you have? And uh, I guess it's because the Sox are 18 and 19 right now, and there's just no offense in sight. Um, I, it's you know it's really easy to continue to pile on on Rick Hahn. It's uh, so frustrating. Um, I don't have any more answers. You know when when Sox when I talk to other Sox fans or when other fans you know whether it's Cub fans or in, uh, Guardians fans or Twins fans. Uh, and they're asking, what what is going on with your White Sox? What's happening? I thought they were going to run away with the division. I mean, I don't know how else to say, you know, we just don't have uh, any offense. I don't even want to give the injuries excuse anymore. I mean, with the lineup that we're putting out, we should be able to score runs. So, I don't know. Check out those Scott Merkin newsletters. Uh, they're, they're interesting. They've got some fun stuff in there. Uh, Thursday's a day game. Vince Velasquez goes for the Sox on Thursday. He had a rough outing the last time he threw. Uh, that was against the Yankees, of course. He went five innings, uh, gave up seven earned runs, three walks, and four strikeouts. Uh, this season, Velasquez has a two and three record with an ERA of 5.53 and 25 strikeouts and six appearances. The Sox are going to face Carlos Hernandez uh, for the Kansas City Royals. He's 0 3 with a 9.11 ERA. His last outing was a rough one uh, in Colorado where he went four innings and gave up nine earned runs. So I don't know what to say, but if you can't score against Carlos Hernandez, uh, you're going to be in some big, big problems uh, heading into New York. Hopefully, hopefully, folks, the bats uh, wake up. Uh, thank you so much once again for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Appreciate you making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now make your second listen Lockdown MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan. Just call him Sully. 
Uh, he brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap the series finale uh, with Kansas City uh, and preview the big weekend series with the Yankees. Really appreciate you making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. I'm Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.